Hey guys, welcome back to Analog Talk, a film photography podcast. I'm your host, Tim. I'm Chris. And today, our special guest is Kyle from Brooklyn Film Camera. Say what's up, Kyle. How you doing, guys? Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us. Can you right off the bat give our listeners a little bit of background on yourself and then we'll go into how Brooklyn Film Camera came about and all that stuff? Um, sure. And then myself as uh, as photographer or as yeah. business owner or well, under what context? Well, all the things. Sure. Um, well, I grew up... The uh, life just story. Out, <laughs> my life story. My complete life story. Um, I grew up in uh, South Jersey just outside of Philly. Eagles just won the Super Bowl. Very feeling Yay. very excited about Woo! that. <laughs> like, oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I sort of fell in love, I guess, uh, with photography in college. I got a job in the darkroom, and that was my that was where I sort of like this love affair with photography was, you know, fully instilled in me. But it started earlier. I mean, it, it kind of started with VHS. Um, that was I was born in '85, so like in the '90s, VHS was obviously. Yes. You know, wildly popular mm-hmm. consumer, you know, video formats. My, my parents had a, a VHS camera. And that was, uh, I guess, the inroad in was just kind of like making silly videos with friends, making stop animations, uh, learning how to craft, how to, how to make image, how to manipulate image. Man. And uh, in, in a really cheap way. And, you know, and uh, yeah. Yeah, all of my childhood memories are on VHS, for sure. Oh, 100%. <laughs> Man, I was unfortunate. I was always the kid that wanted the VHS and was like bummed out that all of his friends had one and I didn't. But <laughs> oh, you yeah, I have like VHS. You should. Pro- you you could still get them. You should get them now. Oh no! They're I coming was just back. gonna say I have. They're coming. VHS is back. Yeah. <laughs> I have like three or four of them now, so I'm I'm okay. I'm okay. Nice. <laughs> right on. So, Kyle, how did that transition into photography for you? Uh, well, I went to film school. I decided um, I wanted to study film, um, take that a little bit more seriously. This was, you know, it had become a part of my life when I was, uh, you know, a teenager. I was making like little short films and things like that. More serious stuff than, you know, the animations, of course, that I was uh, <laughs> I was first doing. <laughs> yeah, I realized I wanted to go to film school. Uh, did that. Went to Temple University in Philadelphia. Had a great time. And it was within that, that, that period I started taking some photography classes. Uh, got a gig working in the darkroom. So I did that for two years. I uh, had a key, so I mean, it was just spending, you know, nights yep. in the dark. And yep. We had had twenty four seven access to the place. Um, that yeah, was well very done. cool. And um, yeah, I bet. Yeah, I mean, and and I'm sure I'm sure you guys are privy to this, but for you know, listeners out there who may not have you know printed in a dark room, I I I would just highly, 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 highly suggest that. Um, oh yeah, it's, it's it's magical for sure. Completely, yeah. It's very very peaceful. Mm-hmm. Very, it was kind of a yeah, a bit of a like meditative practice actually. Um, when you get really yeah, miss it. get in get in um you know like a flow of it. So that that did wonders for me. Um, I met a lot of really cool people in that in that dark room. Um, made some really amazing images that I still care a lot about. You know, during those uh, mm-hmm. those years. Um, and yeah, that definitely like sort of sealed my uh my my love for photography in a very in a very deep way nice and you said that that was the darkroom stuff was that all in philly philadelphia yeah i was on campus i was on campus nice um they actually yep. uh sa- I- sadly have since destroyed this particular no. darkroom i'm talking about but uh. yeah 
Yeah, it stinks. They 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 built they built a new one, um, which I did get to see. I guess about a year ago, um, and it's it's bigger and like technically sort of more advanced, but it has no character. You know, the old dark room was right. just kind of, yeah, was oh, really yeah. fun, and you know the new one's like very sterile. It's kind of uh, yeah, I don't know. Oh, weird. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> oh well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, life life goes on. That's how it goes. And then you made your way to New York and. How did Brooklyn Film Camera come about? Yeah, yeah. So I moved to New York um, just about eight years ago now. Uh, I moved here largely to kind of like try my hand at the film industry, see if I could get, see see if I sort of see if I wanted to do that. Actually, honestly, yeah. because I, I'd done some production work in Philly, but not a whole bunch. Um, I had two very good friends of mine moving to New York, and they were kind of like, "Well, oh, just come on, let's go." And I was like, "All right, fuck it, let's do it." Yeah, um, that's that's so, the way to do it. That's how I yeah, ended up in LA. I just was like, you know what? If I don't do it, I'm not going to do it. So I'm just going to go. And I like packed yeah. my car and drove across country. And here I am four and a half years later. So. Oh, that's awesome. Wow. Wait, yeah. where, where, where'd you move from? Connecticut. Okay, right. So fellow East Huge Coast. Change, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. East Coasters. And actually, it's funny. I actually, I, I work in, uh, I do stills on in production. So it's kind of oh, like right parallel on. a little bit. Mm-hmm. Very cool. But yeah, I mean, that's kind of it. Yeah, I moved here, you know, to try my hand in production. I did it for a little while. Sort of hated it. It's Were a you very, camera op um, or like AC or? I mean, I was doing I was doing PA work for sure. Oh, like in yeah, the, in yeah, the, yeah. You know, when I was when I was trying my, you know, trying to break into the scene, sort of how you start. Um, right. But uh, yeah, in college, I was I was uh, uh, doing sort of like a cinematography tracks, so doing a lot of that, a lot of lighting. But yeah, I got here and uh, I had a couple friends in the industry and they got me some gigs and um, <laughs> yeah, I don't really know how else to put it. I just totally hated it. It was horrible. Yeah. Um, it's a very, it's a very like militant yeah. kind of, mm-hmm. you know, hierarchical structure to the production right. scene here. And yeah, it was just like, oh, you're a Long PA, hours. like you suck, you know, go yeah. do this shit. You're the shit bottom of the totem pole. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. And and people get yeah. off on it and they're like, you know, that's like, that's where you are one day. If you keep doing that, all that shit, you'll be where I am or something. And I was just oh, like, okay, no. I hate this. <laughs> you know, working, Yeah. Working fourteen hour days for like a hundred bucks is just crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. So anyway, I, I I'm <laughs> thankful that I quickly realized that wasn't for me, and then I pivoted and started working as as a working photographer. So I was shooting a lot of events, um, ton of headshots. I was doing a lot of headshots for years, um, weddings, corporate events, kind of like all that stuff. You name it, you know. Um, and uh, yeah, I was doing that for a while. Uh, I was working in restaurants for a little while. Um, and then in 2011, I got a gig with the Impossible Project. So just like very early on, when they were that's right. essentially, essentially one year old, mm-hmm. um, and that that was great. And that was definitely a like pivotal moment uh, in my in my life, both professionally oh, and, yeah, and personally. Bet. You know, that sounds like so much fun. It was great. The early days were cool. Um, it was very much a startup, all hands on deck kind of operation, small team. Yeah, it was very cool. I was with them from 2011 to 2014, so saw wow. a lot of really really interesting development during that period of time you know i can imagine what were you doing when you first started working with them i was doing um well so so there's uh, have you guys ever been to the space when it was there it was on Mm -hmm. canal and broadway okay i missed it i I wish yeah so it it was really cool in in addition to being a store i mean it was it was hqs it was impossible hqs is where all the everyone in the u.s division that was where they worked um, and you, oh, okay. you, you, okay. you get in and there's kind of, you you walk in and there's this huge gallery slash store. And that was like the big, that was the, maybe made up two thirds of the footprint of it. Um, so we had gallery shows there. We had shows on rotation. I'm trying to remember it. It probably rotated about every one and a half to two months. We'd have a new show in there. 
Man, awesome. that was cool. Met a lot of amazing artists, just a lot of amazing sort of people in general from that, from helping curate the shows and hang the shows and, you know, maintain the shows. And then simultaneously it was a source. So we'd have people coming in, we'd sell them cameras, sell them film, you know, show them things. So similar in a lot of ways to what Brooklyn Film Camera is now. Okay. So there was, and then the camera department was also there. So, you know, we would, we would fix cameras out of there. That was something that I didn't do a whole lot of then. I was doing a little bit, mostly like a aesthetic work on the cameras. Yeah, it was it was awesome. Those were those were good days. Man, I remember seeing YouTube videos and stuff about that, about the mm-hmm. you know the gallery and all that stuff. Man, I definitely wish it was already too late when I started finding more and more stuff out about it. I was I wish I would have gotten up there to see it before it before they shut it down and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. So did you did you start Brooklyn Film Camera by yourself, Kyle, or was was it you? And I'm not familiar with how you guys got going. Yeah, so I mean the abbreviated story. So it, it, it sort of starts with with impossible. Um, so they they launched. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember the Instant Lab. It was um, this device mm-hmm. that kind of like a tower, and you could you yeah could transform yeah, yeah, images from that. your from your cell phone or, or iPod Touch into mm-hmm. uh, Polaroid format. So it's pretty cool. Um, this like yeah, definitely. I, I have like mixed opinions about <laughs> sort of that. Yeah that yeah. object uh i wasn't to be honest with you i wasn't like super crazy about it but um nonetheless <laughs> they, they did this they did this huge you know promotional tour and uh i was i was kind of picked to to do that so we did spent five months on the road we went oh, through seven awesome. i think i think 17 u.s states the big u.s tour wow yeah we were in uh we were going to music festivals uh photo shops um camera shops rather college campuses all kinds of all kinds of places we're making stops almost every day it's pretty wild and we were just touring this thing so i had i had um we were driving an airstream as well it's a very critical piece of this so oh that this is so awesome yeah we're driving this beautiful airstream across the country uh with a limitless supply of polaroid films so i was just shooting a ton oh and my fun. god um that's and, like uh, i have dreams like that yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, have, I have dreams i wake up from dreams like that in the morning i'm like man that was awesome but you lived that <laughs> that's awesome dude yeah that was a reality for five months that was pretty cool so that was that was the last thing I ever did uh, for Impossible, and then that that sort of afforded me the the capital uh, to to start Brooklyn Film Camera, which is something that was in my mind for years years prior. And then yeah, initially it was we we got our start um, selling at a flea market. So this is, uh, this market called the Brooklyn Flea. Yeah, I I almost I missed you guys by one weekend. I was out there visiting my oh, boyfriend no who, who was it who was in New York uh, for work. And when I got there, you know, he was like, what do you want to do? I was like, I'm gonna go to Brooklyn Film Camera at the flea market. And he was like, well, okay, like, we'll go. And then I looked it up online and you guys were, because it was winter, so you hadn't started yet. Oh, right, right. And you're like, we'll be back the next weekend. And I was like, no. Oh, my God, that's horrible. <laughs> I was that so bummed. But I ended up going to the flea market anyway, which is, it's a huge, it's like by the, the bridge and everything. It's gorgeous. Yeah. But like, I, mean, I did see some cameras, but. I didn't end up getting anything because I had my heart set on visiting you guys, but it was still cool. Well, next time. Next time, but yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's a very cool market. There's, there's over 100 vendors, and uh, it's it's sort of on the – if you look at, like, what to do in New York, you know, if you're searching for that, you'll inevitably find – go to the Brooklyn Flea while you're there. Um, so that was that was great, and that, that was what we did for two years. That was the first two years of the project were um, – that was where the majority of our sales were occurring in person, you know, at the Brooklyn Flea. We were moving so oh, okay. many Polaroid 600 cameras. That was like sort of the bread and butter of, of movement, <laughs> and it was great. It was it was a perfect place to to kind of springboard the company, to get our name out there, to build a bit of a social yeah, media following, yeah. things mm-hmm. like that. And then we got studio space for the first time 
almost two years ago, I guess now. Uh, and that was a that was a big game changer just to have dedicated space to the project, grow the project yeah. in a in a you know organized way. Um, and we've been at our current studio for about a year and a half now. And I think this will be home for the foreseeable future. Um, That's it's awesome. Really good here. Yeah. That's great. Can you talk a little bit about like the Polaroid restoration that you guys do? So that's our, you know, specialty. We we do we we do work on many cameras, but Polaroids are what we do, what we're known for, and what we do expert uh, restoration and overhaul on. So essentially, what happened, I guess, rewinding slightly. So Brooklyn Film Cameras formed very shortly thereafter. Uh, the Impossible Project decided to totally dismantle the U.S. division uh, camera department. So, so that sad. was like a a big very unexpected action that occurred and um man i bet i bet wow yeah i mean it was it was pretty shocking actually but they uh they outsourced it all to this guy in the midwest a whole other story behind that but nonetheless yeah these were you know my friends and uh talented um camera technicians and i just kind of called them up and was like hey who wants to who wants to link up and kind of make brooklyn film camera like bring it to the to the next level that's smart. So that it ended up being, uh, yeah, a bit of a blessing in disguise, I guess, um, because you know it allowed us to to bring in more like really talented technicians and to to grow to what we are now. Yeah, we're currently restoring about twelve to fifteen SX seventies a week. Jeez, that's our yeah, <laughs> which is a lot. It is, but that like it's like it's like you guys are like saving them. It's like I don't know. I love that that yeah, that, like they're not gonna go I away now. You know, like, I don't, where do you guys do, like, people just, like, send you, like, hey, I have a bunch of, like, broken ones, do you want them? Like, how do you out, like, find, how does that work? Uh, well, m- I mean, mo- mostly eBay. eBay is the most efficient source of just getting right. sort of what you want fast. So mo- most of our purchasing uh, occurs through eBay. We do, we buy cameras of all stripes in person every every weekend. You know, there's people coming by selling us cameras, in- including SX-70s. But, you know, at the, the rate at which we're selling them we need uh, an efficient stream so e- ebay is the the easiest way to do that and that's our that's our main source yeah because i guess people like yeah. you know what they can't fix them they just say for parts right and you just yep 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 scoop oh, them up awesome. yeah that's that's, that's genius so man i wish i i wish i had the knowledge to fix up half the things i see on ebay yeah right <laughs> totally, it's like for yeah. parts it's like who's gonna be able to fix this though that's awesome yeah, that you're doing yeah, that. so that's so that's what we do and then in addition to that i mean we have you know we offer repair servicing and restoration servicing so we have tons of cameras just coming from customers from all over the world actually who are getting mailed to us on a weekly basis so we're you know you can both buy a camera from brooklyn film camera or you can have your camera repaired or restored by Brooklyn Film Camera. That's great. And in either of those instances, you're getting a one-year guarantee, full CLA on your camera. Yeah. So that's 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 what we do. That's our bread and butter. That's become the main sort of thrust of the project. Now, you, do you repair all Polaroids? Because I have a Sun 600 that isn't working. Do you guys do that too? Or is it just SX-70s and stuff? We, we do. Yeah, we restore 600s as well. I'm going to have to send it to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. With six hundreds, though, there's they're not as um, they're not as easy to fix. Oftentimes, we're I'm literally sure. just subbing out like you know, yeah. huge yeah. parts because they you know they're 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 plastic, of course, and uh, very prone to failure. Whereas SX seventies are pretty robust metal objects that you can you can actually repair and, and weld. Yeah, they're they're well functioning machines. Yeah, for sure. They are. I mean, there's there's nothing like that camera, and I don't think there will be anything again like that camera. So oh yeah, it's, it's definitely a work of art. To- totally agreed. Yeah, I mean that camera almost bankrupted Polaroid. I mean it was the the, the amount yeah. of engineering, <laughs> yeah. the amount of engineering in that camera is 
still shocking. Even to someone who's, I've been steeped in that camera since, you know, 2011. It's been oh, yeah. you know, that, that long and I still open them up. And, you know, when I use it, it's just, it's, it's, it's a very magical. I mean, it feels, you know, cameras, cameras have this, this magic to them. Film cameras have this magic to them. They can really touch you. But the SX-70 is just a very sexy and amazing it is. It is. camera to interface with. It just feels so nice to your hands, to your eyes, you know, the whole experience is just is very cool. And when you walk around with them, it's like such a conversation starter. Everybody's like, what is that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. Oh, it's a camera. It's a crowd it's pleaser for They're sure. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. People don't, when, when it's, it's collapsed state, people are often confused as to what it is. You know, I think it's a flask yeah. or something. Or, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, I blew, I blew some kids' minds with mine. It was a couple of weeks ago. I was at Starbucks and like you said, I had it collapsed and it does look like a flask. Yeah. And they were like, what? What, what are you lugging around? And I was like, oh, dude, watch this. And I popped it open <laughs> and they were, their minds were blown. Like they were just like, wow. Like, yeah, where, is that new? And they, they thought it was like a brand new thing. Like, yeah. was, you know, cause they've never seen one before. And I was like, no man, this thing's definitely from like the seventies or whenever they were made. And 72 came out in 72. Wow. Yeah. That's what I thought. And they were just, they were, they're like, we're going on eBay and looking for one. I was like, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yo. You're going to be spending a penny on eBay. but Totally. That's cool. So are you hands-on with the restoration as well? Like, are you getting in there and fixing the mechanical stuff? Or do you, or what, like, what's your main role at Brooklyn, at Brooklyn Film Camera? Yeah, so I, I can do some stuff. I can do, I can do simple repairs. I can do the aesthetics. You know, I can, I can do the skinning, de-skinning, cleaning, whatever, like detailing, mm-hmm. those kind of things. But actually, no, we have a, a very capable, our, our main technician is uh, Julian Piscilneri. Uh He's an amazing technician. He was um, the lead tech at, at uh, Impossible for two years uh, before the department wow. got slashed. And he, yeah. Yeah, he, so he does all of the like bulky uh, overhaul work. He, he, he does that. And he was, yeah, I mean, he, he's, he's a very talented guy in many regards. Um, he got trained by original Polaroid technicians in the Netherlands, so he spent some time over there with them. Wow. Um, in addition to sort of having this like uh, amazing and personal proprietary knowledge, he also has the tools. So he gained a lot of very specialized tools that were made by Polaroid for oh, Polaroid, yeah. specifically for the SX70, uh, which is which is awesome. I should also though say to like I guess people listening, um, there's a ton of information on the internet about how to repair SX70s, how to modify SX70s. There's Pretty healthy community actually uh, talking about these things, and you are able to work on your SX70 with common tools. Oh, interesting. Yeah, oh. That 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 said, it just makes it a lot easier, you know, for us to do this work having uh, specialized tools. But oh, yeah. yeah, for anyone out there listening who's like a camera hacker or even just interested in trying their hands, um, I would definitely recommend it. It's a lot of fun, and yeah, SX70s are, are really uh, fun machines to work on, and you can you can you can take a crack at it with with common tools. So. Man, that's that's good to know, because I was, you know, I was the type of kid that ripped the VCR apart to see how it worked and stuff like that. Yeah. So maybe I'll maybe I'll buy like a junker on eBay or something. Not to see step on your it. toes. I don't want to. I, I don't want to take one away from you guys. But <laughs> wanna... <laughs> ah, there's plenty of them out there. Go for it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, guys, this is the part of the show where we take a question from one of our listeners. And this week's question comes from J.R. Wyatt Photo. He asked this question a while ago, but it's a good one, so we're going to tackle it. If you could bring back one film, what would it be and why? Kyle, do you want to go first? Oh, man. Yeah, there's definitely definitely many. Um, <laughs> if, it had, if it had to be one, I would go with Time Zero film. <laughs> it's, it's oh, amazing yeah. Stuff. 
Are you what guys, is that? Are you guys aware of that? I'm I mean, not it, familiar. No. It's, it was an SX70 film that you could that you could manipulate. It was a really yeah. just like totally gorgeous film. Even even non manipulated, it was beautiful. But couldn't you draw on top of it or trace kind of weird? I don't know. I I definitely watched like a little documentary on it, and it looks pretty amazing. Yeah, I mean, it was well the the emulsion would stay. It was it was a thicker emulsion and it would stay wet for much longer. Um, so you could you could just oh, manipulate okay. you could mush the emulsion around and give it these really sort of funky, trippy, painterly effects, making it look almost kind of like an illustrated image. There, there's some really amazing uh, artists using it as well. In addition to like amateurs all over the country just carrying a pencil with them and you know mushing it. But yeah, really Whoa. really cool film. Yeah yeah. You can you can still we're at like the very last days of still being able to find it sometimes <laughs> you know you can find find the occasional pack on eBay but it's it's going for just so much money and it's just oh, kind sure. of like, yeah but uh, man that would that would definitely be that would be the film <laughs> guys if you're if if you're into any sort of weird arty side of photography you should definitely flicker flicker search time zero polaroid Ooh. manipulation yeah. or even google search it or i know there's a ton of videos on youtube that's a that's a great answer man good good call on that one it's one of the best man i think i would have to say it was tough i was battling in my mind while we were while we were talking about time zero <laughs> but i think i think i would want to bring back the type 55 polaroid film yeah like the four by five film yeah. i i'm just even even the like the all the different stocks of that too like i would love to try the color the color versions of that like i never got to shoot any of the color like i had two boxes like i said before of the type 55 unopened very good expiration date and they all worked great and i'm 100 percent in love with that film so oh yeah I would 55 is amazing it is it is it's just gorgeous i mean the tones and and it's instant like i'm I love instant instant film. Yeah. Like anything instant is 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 the jam. Mm -hmm. What so about you, fun. Chris? Um, I'm gonna have to go with Ectochrome just because I'm I'm on my the edge of my seat waiting for it to finally <laughs> <laughs> get here. I was Codex. gonna say it's coming back. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. Back. Yeah. Yeah. Never got to shoot it when I right when I got into um, Super Eight. I bought a bunch of like Super Eight cameras and I was like ready to go and I went to buy the film and it was done. I couldn't get it oh, anymore and no. I was like, wait, what? I no so Man. it's it's just amazing that like they're they're gonna bring it back and i'll you know i'll we're, we're patient we'll wait you know if we want them to get it right then to like put something out that's not ready yet because that'll just be for sure yeah a huge Definitely. disappointment so i'm also i'm also super psyched for ectochrome yeah, yeah. The, the yeah. return man i it was pretty cool i had a bunch of our listeners mail me some ectochrome they just some old expired stuff because i i had one of those i don't know if you guys ever get them but I'll have these dreams of an image that I want to take and I, I need to like execute on it. And it was ectochrome and I, I don't want to give the picture away because I, I, I still haven't shot it yet. So I want to, <laughs> I don't want to talk too much about it, but yeah. I definitely had a couple of our listeners come through and send me a couple 120s and a couple 35 millimeter rolls. So I'm, I'm pretty excited to go out and try those because I, again, I, I was already out of the loop when ectochrome was around mm -hmm. and you know then when it's gone and stuff like that i miss that i i'm really curious to see if it's going to be the same if it's if it's gonna kind of have the same characteristics and stuff like that yeah. yeah it's gonna be interesting i have faith in kodak though yeah I, I i do too i think it'll do well for them and i'm hoping that it does because if it does then 
you know, that's that's an indication that they should probably consider making other films as well. Like right. Maybe bringing back Kodachrome. Yeah, that would be very <laughs> cool. Oh, man. Um, Can you imagine? But there's, I mean, all these, you know, all the artists and films seem to be doing really well. Like, I'm looking at, thinking of Cinestill and yep. Piranha, Japan Camera Hunter, like these these sort of quote-unquote like small batch artisan films are, are selling really well. Oh, so yeah. I, I hope that bigger companies are kind of seeing that and taking a cue and yeah, like hopefully hopefully producing a, a more diverse, uh, you know, arrangement of films in the coming years. I'm excited to see what Bellamy does because when we had him on the podcast, uh, Japan Camera Hunter, he was talking about the street pan that he did is just the beginning that he's got mm-hmm. a bunch of stuff in the work. So I'm, Bellamy can do anything and I, and, and I'm into it, so I can't yeah. wait to see what he does next. Yeah, he's making a camera. He's making a point and shoot. Yeah, we we talked oh, to him yeah. about. We had him as a guest, and we talked we talked to him about it, and we were. we're oh, okay, very cool. Yeah, his. Uh, I can't wait. <laughs> Same. Yeah, that's 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 the missing link. I think is is making new cameras, good new cameras. Yeah, I agree. Because the people completely. the people making film, they're happy to keep making it. Uh, but the, yeah. you know the cameras are getting older and, and dying. And more expensive. So need, and more expensive. Yep, that's right. And I love that it's a compact. Mm-hmm. Now's now's the time to strike too, because I feel like it's it, there's such a buzz around film photography right now. Like everybody's just picking one up just for the the aesthetic of it and the the hipster factor of film. Yeah. yeah. So it's now's the time to start bringing out the cameras and start bringing this thing like full circle. Hundred percent. Absolutely. Yeah. Speaking of cameras, we normally ask our guest, Kyle, what's what's what do you think your favorite camera is? Desert Desert Island camera that you couldn't you couldn't go without. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Just one? I know, Just I know it's I tough. Know. I know it's tough. I know. <laughs> Can I list a few? <laughs> it's so hard to choose. Man, I mean the SX seventy is like very, very high on that list. Probably the highest on that list. I have I have such a love for that camera. The F the FM three uh, I have an FM three A uh, the F three is an amazing camera got a Rolleiflex two eight C is the last one they had they made with that ten aperture Ooh. blade so I love that camera Ooh, yeah. with my whole heart the Canon WP one is like the coolest camera ever do you guys know this one's a point and shoot thirty two millimeter F three uh, five lens totally waterproof built in flash thing is awesome um, I love that camera what? so much. I gotta look that one up check yeah. it out yeah. Man. WP1. They made it under a few different names too. There's like the A1, and there's one called the Auto Boy, and one called the D5. Oh, okay. they're, they're all the same, just a okay. different name. I know exactly on. what you're talking about. Yeah, the, the Nimslow is definitely a cool camera that I love. <laughs> oh my god, the uh, Polaroid 250 is like super high on my list of favorite cameras ever. Um, very sad that they Fuji discontinued 100C. Um, oh yeah. Oh, I but, know. I yeah. know. Man, the land cameras of the '60s from Polaroid were just super cool. They are, and they're just—they're really neat looking too. They're just like very weird, you know. They're—they're—they're they're, they're cool. I really like the land cameras. Uh, beautiful bellows and yeah, everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. How about how about you guys? What would be your your desert island camera? Well, it's—it's it's tough. It is. I, Go ahead, Chris. You I you mean, answer this. I, yeah, I. Everybody knows I like my Yashica T4, but I've been like. I just got a, a Canonet QL17 in black. Like oh, I love nice. those, those cameras. I have a silver one as well. And then also my G1, I've been like dreaming of like upgrading to the two just mm. because, you know. Um, but I love the, the Zeiss glass on that thing. It's <laughs> just because. Just because. I feel like just I, have, I, gotta, 
I gotta like, you know, have a partner. I like my, I got my, my silver Canonet, and I got a black one. I want a G1 and a G2, maybe a black <laughs> G2 someday. You know, like you gotta, if you're gonna collect, you gotta go big, right? Yeah. Oh man, black <laughs> yep. black G2s are like just. I know. Demanding stupid money these days. It's ridiculous. Yeah. They're so pretty, though. Oh, they definitely are. They definitely are. What about you, Timothy? Man, I, I, I don't know. It's so tough. Like, it's so hard to just pick one. But I've been shooting 4.5 a lot lately. So I would take my field, my field camera, my 4.5, Toyo. I would definitely sneak in a 35 millimeter somewhere in there. Probably uh, a... <laughs> <laughs> I've always been repping the Canon FTB. Like it, it's it's a big oh, old yeah. clunky. I I just love mine. I don't know. I don't have to think about any settings or doing anything like that. I don't need a battery if it doesn't. You know, it's fully yeah. mechanical, and it's. I know it's not like a Leica, but if I had a Leica, that'd probably be the right. Exactly. You know, the if I had an M6, but... I would... <laughs> if I had an M6, I'd probably have a different story too. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> The only thing that stinks about carrying, like choosing a large format, is my dedicated. Is just all the work that is involved with with that. Totally, you know? totally. But but it's worth it. Every time I pull the I pull the trigger on taking a photo with the the large format, it it always impresses me and blows my mind the the detail and the quality that you know you can get with something like that. So oh yeah, and yeah. E- even the even the act of 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 shooting large format is just super cool. I, I, yeah. I enjoy slow oh. photography more and more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, slowing slowing down in that regard and the ground glass. You know, this is part of the reason I like twin lens reflex shooting too. It's it's slow. You know, you're not you're not yeah you're not shooting quickly. You're taking I was your shooting time with, and really with with my Yashica A over the weekend. Nice. And you do have to slow down and you have to like know that going in because half the time I wouldn't shoot with it because I'm like, well, it's like going to take me too long to like pop the thing open, focus it, like mm-hmm. get the meter, you know. But then I was like, no, like that's the whole beauty of it. Yeah, that's that's the point. Yeah, it's yeah. great. Definitely. The Ishika A is a really cool camera, too, in that it's just yeah, I like love mine. so, so purely mechanical. And there's just there's mm-hmm. not even... Yeah, one one actually really neat thing you can do with the A that you can't do with most other twin lens reflexes. In, in most of them, there's like this little mechanism that feels the thickness of the film roll, so it can tell when you're at the next frame just based on yeah. how much film you wound through. <laughs> the A doesn't have that, so consequently, you can do, you know, like double exposures, triple exposures, frame overlap. Oh no, um, kidding! Yeah, you I've done it that. by accident plenty of times. Yeah. You can, you can also get, um, I, don't, I don't know if you have, uh, if you've seen these, but they make the, you know, the adapters for 35 to 120 and you can shoot 35 millimeter uh, through oh. a Yashica A and you can, you know, it exposes over the, the sprocket holes and stuff like that. It looks very, oh. very cool. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. I'm going to check that out. That's awesome. Thanks, Kyle. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. There's some 3D, 3D printed ones you can buy out there for pretty cheap. So Cool. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Kyle. This has been awesome. Thank you for giving us the the history of Brooklyn Film Camera. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for thanks a lot for having me. Where can everybody check Brooklyn Film Camera out uh, online? And do you guys have any uh, events or anything coming up? We do. Um, yeah. Well, the easiest way to check us out would just be from our website, which is brooklynfilmcamera.com. Uh, we also social media. Uh, our biggest sort of account there is on, on Instagram, and we're at Brooklyn Film Camera. Um, that's that's the most I think fun way to check us out on social media. We're also on Facebook and things. And yeah, we have an event. We have a few. Um, we're planning in in October of last year. We had a big film photography meetup. We about 150 people came. We had a big party yes. in uh, Prospect Park. Wow, that's awesome. That was great. And so we're going to be doing more of those this year. Probably two or three. 
currently we haven't announced dates yet, but that's that's coming up. So stay tuned. Um, and then we have a big show on April fourteenth, or sorry, April thirteenth. Um, and that's going to be a big Polaroid show. We're curating in a gallery uh, nearby our studio. Um, it's going to be twenty photographers. We we haven't even announced this yet. So depending on when you publish this, oh. it'll it'll uh, <laughs> be this may be like the the, the launch. But um, yeah, we're going to invite 20 uh, Polaroid artists to participate, and everybody's going to get a section of the wall, and six of these yeah. artists will be featured with enlargements, but it's going to be an all-Polaroid show, it's going to be a party, it's also, uh, April marks our, our fourth year of uh, our four-year anniversary, so it'll be a celebration oh, in that man. regard. That's so Congratulations. great. Yeah, congrats. Thanks. Yeah, it's going to be a fun night. Um, to any New Yorkers listening out there, April 13th, mark your calendar, definitely come, it'll, it'll be a lot of fun. That's so rad. And and apply 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 to the show. We're gonna open up. Uh, oh. you know, uh, yeah, we're gonna open up applications soon. So, you you don't need to be in New York to do that. Oh, awesome! That's yeah. great. Cool. Well, Timothy, where can everybody check you out? All right, so you guys can find me on uh, Instagram and Twitter at Timothy Makeups. Uh, I also make videos on YouTube, so that's going to be, you can just search Timothy Makeups as well, or youtube.com slash Timothy Makeups, and I do a podcast, another podcast called We Believe in Film, and I used to do it on an, an app called Anchor, but I had since left Anchor, and I'm kind of just shopping for a new home for that kind of thing, so that also lives on my YouTube as well, and that's called We Believe in Film, and that is pretty much it for me. Chris, where are you at? I'm Chris B. Photo on Instagram. Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Um, I do have a film-only Instagram. It's Chris B. Shoots Film. Our podcast is Analog Talk Podcast on Instagram. We have a Facebook page you can like and a group you can join, which is pretty awesome, all the stuff that's going on over there. Yeah. We are Analog join Talk. Join the group. Yeah, we are Analog Talk Pod on Twitter. Please feel free to send us questions that we can uh, ask our guests on the show. We love doing that. You can send those to Analog Talk podcast at gmail also if you just want to say hi you can send us an email or a message even on fa uh, facebook or instagram any 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 way you guys want to say hi we're, we're, we'd love that so yeah that's it cool thanks again kyle for joining us this has uh, been a blast thanks yeah. kyle thank you this has been great that's it everybody and we'll uh, see you in the next one all right take care bye, bye. hey guys quickly before we end this show i did want to mention our patreon so that's going to be patreon.com slash analog talk I wanted to thank each and every one of you who has already contributed. We appreciate it very, very much. And if you haven't gone over and checked out the Patreon yet, there are a bunch of perks and rewards, such as like stickers. I know we have pins. I think if you hit a certain tier, Chris and I are going to give you like a signed print. And we're going to be doing video chats, hangouts. I know we're planning on doing some live streams and after show hangouts with the guests probably talking about things that we just didn't get to on the show so again head over there patreon.com slash analog talk thanks guys at parker our purpose is simple we want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently by using more sustainable practices by developing better technologies we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.